Praise the Lord. I, there's a used to be a, well, I'm sure he's still around, a missionary, um, Terry Mize. And um, he, um, you know, back, there was a time when uh, pastors couldn't do anything. You know, they, you, had to, you couldn't carry your Bible in. You couldn't, uh, you couldn't do anything because there's somebody there to help you. And Terry Mize uh, came in. He's a missionary all over the world. And some usher come up and wanted to grab his Bible. He says, I've carried this Bible all over the world. I think I can handle it to the front. So <laughs> that's just, uh, when you help me, I just thought of that. Anyway, hallelujah. <laughs> but thank you. Thank you. I, and I appreciate it. Because I remember a day when nobody would do anything for me. So. Glory to God. Well, how many of you know that this is a blessed day? Amen. It's a blessed day because God's already blessed it. Um, I wanted to share with you, you know, when you're on a topic and uh, God's got you on that topic, everywhere you read in the Bible, you see that topic. And so, you know, I've been on this topic of blessing and uh, it started out with was still seeding your city. But we're also going to seed our nation. What you say uh, will either bless or what you say will either curse. And uh, whether you like it or not, what you, uh, when you curse, you uh, affect your own body. Your body is affected. If you bless, your body's affected. If you curse, your body's affected. So uh, how many of you want to stay in the blessing? I want to say this, that all that God has provided has already been purchased through the cross of Jesus Christ. Turn to somebody and say, you can't do any more. To get God to bless you. Now, how many of you know that blessing is more than just a feel good? It's not just a tickle down your spine. It's not just a goosebump, and it's not just financial, even though how many of you know financial blessing's good? Yeah. I heard somebody say, I've been poor and I've been rich, and rich is better. Yeah. Anybody agree with that? Yeah. I've been sick and I've been well, and well's better. <laughs> if you want to be sick, <laughs> that's okay. Just don't, uh, just don't bless me with it. Because it's not a blessing. Bless the Lord. You know, God's not going to do any more. He can't do any more to bless you. The rest of it, you know, is up to us and it's not that hard. Turn to somebody and say, it's not that hard. I'm not putting you, I'm not here to put anybody under the law. Okay. But how many of you know if your child, I mean, you have children, right? <laughs> if your children are just obedient and, you know, they're doing their chores without being asked and they're just doing everything, they love, Daddy, I just love you. Man, you, you have no problem blessing them, do you? How about if they, uh, no, they're not rebellious, I know that. But, you know, just say something, come over them, you know. <laughs> And, uh, you know, they won't clean up their room. They're mouthing off to Janice, you know. Well, she'd take care of herself anyway. But, but uh, would you be inclined to pour it out? You'd be inclined to pour it out, but something else, yeah. So, uh, you know, God's done everything to bless, but there's some things that we can do that opens the door for us to receive. God says, I will open up the windows of heaven and I will pour out a blessing upon you that you cannot receive. But are your windows open? Or do you have the umbrella up so that nothing, nothing can hit you? I am a rock. I am an island. A rock feels no pain, and an island never cries. I was going to say die, but this works too. Thank you, Lord. 
I want to show, uh, you know, I've been reading through Proverbs, so I want to start with Proverbs. We're in Proverbs chapter 8, beginning in verse 17. How many, of you like it when, how many of you like it when the love flows both ways in the marriage? Amen. 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 That's good. Amen. Happy wife, happy life. Amen. I just tell her. What are, there's an 18-year-old. Where is he? There you are. What did he say? It was something about, I'm going to keep my wife happy or something like that. Oh, oh, right. All right. So anyway, I ha actually, I was dressed to come in a red shirt and a black leather vest. But you know, Melody said it would look better. <laughs> she didn't say that looks bad. She said it looked better if you wore a blazer. So I have my blazers on the, uh, on, the, on the couch, on the chair. And then... Um, the wife knows best. So then, well, I changed my clothes. And then, he, then we got up to happy life, happy wife, happy life. So, which I actually heard that first from Reuben. So anyway, your, uh, your relationship with God is not just about information. Now, we believe in preaching the truth, studying the truth, going after the truth, but your relationship with God is not just about gaining information. Do you know that there are theologians, there are people, uh, Pharisees, scribes, they knew the Bible, but there was no relationship because when, because when Jesus came, when God came, they didn't recognize him. So... So your relationship with God is more than just Bible facts. And I'm for Bible facts. I read my Bible every day. Thank you, Jesus. I was thinking of Patton, but I won't say what he said. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, he read his Bible every day. King James. King James. I don't know about that. Well, there wasn't anything else but King James back then anyway. So... Let's look at verse 17. He says, I love those who love me. He just didn't say, I love those who know my Bible. And I believe in loving the Bible. I love the Bible. I read the Bible. The thing is, are we practicing the Bible? That's another thing. He says, I love those who love me. Okay, so... In, our rela in, in the relationship with God, there has to be more than just knowledge. There has to be an expression of love. There has to be an open heart. You know, I, I'm not as bad as I used to be, and I'm pretty good now. But, uh, you know, uh, if I get ticked off at Melody, this is long, this is ages ago. But if I'd ever get ticked off at Melody, I'd just not say anything. She says, what's wrong? Nothing. <laughs> well, what are you thinking? Nothing. And I wasn't really, uh, you know, it's a, it's amazing. You know, women can't understand that men can actually think nothing. <laughs> I don't know. You have to be thinking something. No, I'm not thinking. I'm just blank. It's, I'm enjoying blank right now. <laughs> I didn't plan on going there, but, <laughs> but yeah, in the relationship, there has to be a back and forth communication. There has to be some type of expression, not just verbal expression. There has to be an expression of love. And love a lot of times is expressed in action. I remember one of those times when uh, Melody was uh, upset and she was upset with me. And uh, I remember, I remember Lord praying, Lord, help me to love my wife. You know, help me. Anybody ever cried help? Yes. Hallelujah. That's, uh, that, word, that one word prayer saved my life one time. I was in the, the policeman that investigated the accident said I should have been dead. I didn't have time to say, oh, Lord, thou art great and mighty this day. No, I said, help. <laughs> help, Lord. 
And God saved me Amen. from, a, from a, an accident that should have been fatal. Praise the Lord. God believe in miracles. You know, I want to tell you this. Uh, God spoke to me this morning and he said, watch and see what I will do. So I'm expecting them to do more, not just uh, from, the, from the praise and worship. And I don't know what happened. Was there healings before? Yes. Who? She's pain-free. She had a what? Well, get up and give a testimony. Just come over here and talk into my chest. Or, right, or, no, whisper on my, whisper on my cheek. Um, well, we, we were at the conference all weekend, and um, I've been having quite a bit of pain before that, before I ever got here, and I was wearing a back brace, and I don't know where she is. Somebody prayed for me, and it, she just said that, I, are you having any pain up your neck, all the way up to the back of your head? And I said, yes. I said, my, my back is locked about halfway up, and so I have, I've been wearing a brace all weekend because it has to pull me back and trying to get me back in line, but I live with a lot of pain, mm. and they prayed for me. And now I can move my head. And, Hallelujah. And I actually stood through the whole worship service, which I haven't been able to do for months, and not have any pain without any support. And so far, my leg has not gotten any bigger than this one. So far. Praise the Lord. Because all weekend I had to have my leg up on a chair. Hallelujah. Yes. Glory to God. You know, there, there used to be a phrase, um, uh, but the day of miracles is past. Well, let me just tell you, there never was a day of miracles. There was a God of miracles, and he ain't passed as far as I know. Because he walks with me, and he talks with me, and he tells me I'm his own, and a bunch of other things. So... I said all that, that there has to be more than just a knowledge, uh, uh, a knowledge in our brain, in our relationship with God. There has to be a, a loving relationship because he says, I love those who love me and those who seek me diligently shall find me. Now, we're aware also that in, uh, uh, in the New Testament, in Matthew chapter 6, I believe it's verse 33, Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Now, he's not just talking about just seeking the rules. seeking the, He's talking about seeking the king. And as you seek the king, all of these things shall be added unto you. You know, if you're looking for revelation, seek the king because wisdom comes out of his mouth. It comes out of his mouth. So he talks. You know, it's funny. If you read the Bible, you, you, can, you wonder why people will say God don't talk anymore. Because all through the Bible, he's talking. Yeah. What happened? Well, he just ran out of words. God's not like us. He doesn't run out of words. He's got plenty of things to say. We just have to open our ears. He says, and those who seek me diligently will find me. The blessing of this is riches and honor are with me and enduring riches and righteousness. My fruit is better than gold. Yes, than fine gold and my revenue than choice silver. I traverse or travel or walk in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice that I may cause those who love me to inherit wealth that I may fill their treasures. Are your treasures empty? Oh, hallelujah. hallelujah. Nobody responded. Amen. Hallelujah. Are your treasures empty or could you use some more? I want more. We used to sing, I want more of Jesus, more and more and more. I want more of Jesus than I ever had before. Lots more. And during the, uh, uh, during the uh, renewal, people, the prayer was, more, Lord, more, Lord. That's still a good prayer. More, Lord. And I want to just say to you, you can be sitting here today, and God wants to heal your body without anybody touching you. 
So if you'll open your heart, open your mind, open your spirit, if you sense anything happening in your body, raise your hand and we'll bless that thing and call for more. I've seen people heal without being touched. Hallelujah. You know, God heals more by uh, by sovereignly doing it than he does by people praying. And he, but he heals people by people praying for him. You might feel a jolt of electricity. You might feel a warmth. Last week, um, I had a word of knowledge that uh, somebody had nausea. Well, they were already up in the line. (laughs) They were already up in the line. And so I went over and she said, as soon as I touched her, this heat, because man, she was on fire. She was on fire. So hallelujah. God's here today. You don't have to get up. I don't have to lay hands on you. You can be healed right now. Now, we will lay hands on people, but bless God. We've got to expand our, our things of what God will do. Well, you know, you have to wait until the end of the service. You don't have to wait until the end of the service. I've got to wait until they give the altar call. You don't have to wait to get the altar call is now. Now is the day of salvation. Now, 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 now. Hallelujah. I'm glad you showed up. I'm preaching good today. Hallelujah. <laughs> I was wondering, what am I going to say today? I do that every week. But he says, I travel or I traverse in the way of righteousness. Let me ask you a question. Are you in the way of righteousness? Yes, sir. So, well, I know we're the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but are you walking in righteousness? Ooh, getting quiet over here. Nobody's... <laughs> Dave, are we walking in the way of righteousness? Amen. We are the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, but we also have to walk in righteousness. Hallelujah. Because that's where we're going to see the treasures, the riches, the honor, the enduring riches. He's going to fill us. He's going to fill our treasures. Amen. And he's not just talking about your wallet or your bank account. Hallelujah. There's more to that. I think it was Dale Carnegie when he died, when he was dying, he says, I'll give any doctor that extends my life one more hour a million dollars. One of the richest men in the world at the time. But they couldn't do it. But his money didn't mean anything to him because he wanted to live one more hour. He was singing, give me just a little more time. (laughs) Anyway. Just a thought. Do you know, uh, in Ephesians, Ephesians, thank you, Lord. In Ephesians chapter 4, verse 26, it says this. It says, be angry and do not sin. Notice it said you can be angry. How many of you have, uh, how many of you uh, Obeyed that one. <laughs> Be angry. I've done that myself. But he, but he goes on to qualify that and say, sin not. He says, and do not let the sun go down on your wrath, nor give place to the devil. Now, we've not really understood what that means. Don't let the sun go down on your wrath. There's an interesting... Um, If you read the book of Joshua, there's an interesting, there's interesting events. Every time they went and conquered a city, Joshua would take the king that was defeated and hang him in a tree. And we know the scripture says from Galatians chapter three, that cursed is everyone that hangs on a tree. But every day in the evening, Joshua would take, have the body taken down and buried. You want to know why? Because if they didn't take the body down and bury it, then the curse would come on the land. Do not let the sun go down on your wrath. Think about it. You know, uh, when people were crucified, 
they didn't just die in one day. They usually uh, they could usually go hang on the cross for three or four days. But because it was a Sabbath day, a high Sabbath day, the high priest wanted those bodies down. But you know, Jesus had already died. Why? Because God didn't want the curse to come on the land. Jesus hanging on the cross had already given the blessing. The curse was on him. It's a great exchange. We receive his curse. We receive his righteousness. Now let's go back with that understanding. Let's go back to let not the sun go down on your wrath. What happens when you, when, when you refuse to forgive? What happens when you let bitterness control your life? What happens? You are bringing a curse that will, that will, uh, that will indwell your land. And you say, I don't understand. I'm going to sit over here. I don't understand why God allows this to happen to me. You ever heard that? Yeah, I battled with that for years. What I mean by battling with it is, why do people say it? You know, I know God's sovereign. But he sovereignly has given us authority. Behold, I give you power to tread upon serpents and scorpions and over all the power of the enemy, and nothing shall by any means hurt you. Well, I don't understand why God took the... I don't know why. I don't even understand why I'm talking about this. Why I don't understand why, why God took that person so early. Well, I don't understand it either because the scripture says with long life I will satisfy them and show them my salvation. Do you know that God promised at least 70 years? Well, I guess he breaks his promise. I don't think so. You know, if there's a problem between you and God, the problem is always with you. (laughs) Or I'll, I'll, I'll put it on myself. If there's a problem between me and God, the problem is with me. Hallelujah. I just want to adjust your thinking. You know, give you a new view. A new attitude. How many of you ever needed a new attitude? (laughs) Some people say, I don't have an attitude. I don't have an attitude. (laughs) Whether it's good or bad, you have an attitude. (laughs) But he said, but again here, he says, don't let the sun go down on your wrath. So if you allow the sun to go down on your wrath, you've allowed a curse to come. And you know, the Bible says in Proverbs, the curse does not come without a cause. The curse doesn't come without a cause. So if there's not a cause, the curse can't come. Well, Joel preached, Joel preached, uh, Pastor Joel preached on uh, praise last week. So this is Palm, Palm Sunday. So he took my place. So I had to preach this this week. <laughs> but it's still praise. Hallelujah. The truth will make you free. Glorify God. I'm trying to show you how you can shut the door on the enemy because then he goes on to say after he says, do not let the sun go down on your wrath. He says, nor give place to the devil. If you shut the door on curses, the devil has no place. The devil has no place. No, I'm not. You know, the devil is not responsible for everything because he can't be everywhere all the time. Now, we know he has agents and demons, but... The, the scripture implies or lets us know that they should be afraid of us, right. not that, not us be afraid of them. Right. Thank you, Lord. Well, let's, uh, well, I just about say this every week, but it's one of my favorite scriptures. One of the first scriptures I learned 
was don't let, do not, uh, Ephesians 4.29, do not let, or let no corrupt communication proceed from out of your mouth, but that which is good for necessary edification. Necessary edification. Do you know that it is necessary for you to be edified? Do you know I love you? Mm-hmm. There's no question about it, right? Mm-hmm. Good. You said the right thing. <laughs> Do you know what? When you tell people that you love them, you have blessed them and you have given them something that they need. Edification is not just edification is not just puffing people up, it's something they need. You know, uh, Jack Frost, uh, he's gone on to be with the Lord, but he wrote a book on the Father's blessing or the Father's embrace or something. Father's love, is that what it was? Experiencing the Father's love. But I remember one time he says, if you don't have love, you're sick. Uh, Man, that is powerful. If you are not experiencing love, then you're sick. Because you have to have it. That's why it's so, that's why Jesus, when he was saying, seek ye first the kingdom of God, he's not just telling you to get information. He wants you to get, he wants you to experience the love and the life and the power that God has for you because you need it. I need it. I need the love of God. I need a hug, Daddy. I need it. Well, that sounds like a lot of women talk. No, man. <laughs> men, need, men need to be loved, too. <laughs> I, you know, I heard that uh, they started these men's churches where they could uh, talk, talk rude and crude and all this stuff because they're tired of this women stuff. Well, you know, love, you know, it's funny you talk about love being feminine because God is love. I mean, what's the deal here? Now, of course, you might define love in a, in a wrong way, but God is love. There's no perversion in God. Hallelujah. And he says, he goes on to say, and grieve not the Holy Spirit of God. The way we grieve the Holy Spirit of God is by not blessing, by not loving, by, by holding on to bitterness, envy, resentment, whatever, whatever will allow that curse to come. God doesn't want you to be cursed. There is a law called the law of first mention. And the law first mentioned means when something is mentioned first in the Bible, it, it overrides everything else that is written about it in the Bible. We know in Genesis chapter 1, a couple of things. One, that God blessed them, male and female. And also that God gave dominion to them, male and female. And just to make sure that we got it before the chapter ends, he says he saw everything that he had made and behold, it was very good. Yeah, but you got to get off that butt thing. Thing. You got to get off of that and quit and quit going back to giving yourself uh, giving yourself a reason to be cursed. You know, one of the worst one of the worst people one of the worst people of criticizing usually is ourselves. Mm-hmm. Usually ourselves. I I had a problem with that. I, I still struggle with it. Like, what am I going to say? You know, I always get a sick feeling before I preach. Because I don't know what I'm going to (laughs) say. Well, you got notes. You didn't come here to hear my notes. You came here to hear the Holy Spirit. Came here to hear the Holy Spirit. You came to hear what God says. 
You came to hear what you need. God is here to speak to you. God is here to heal you. God is here to restore you. God is here to lift you up. Well, you got a scripture for that? Yeah, because the scripture says that you are raised with him and seated with him in heavenly places. That sounds like you're lifted up. Like Ron Canola used to sing, lift him up. Well, God's singing back to us. I'm lifting you up. Hallelujah. Anybody remember Ron Canoli? All right. Thank you, Jesus. Blessing and honor, glory and power. We used to sing that all the time. I love that song. So let's go. Whoa. Hallelujah. Let's go to James. And James... We're looking at, we're going to look at chapter three. We want to get ourselves out of the jailhouse. There's a song for that too. <laughs> Anybody watch Brother Where Art Thou? Oh, Brother Where Art Thou? He's in the jailhouse now. He's in the jailhouse now. Anyway. It's because he was doing all the wrong stuff he was not supposed to be doing. That's my sister's favorite movie. Anyway, uh, James chapter 3, let's begin in verse 9. It says this, it says, he's talking about our mouth. uh, In the previous verse, he says, no one can tame the tongue. But how about the Holy Ghost? Can the Holy Ghost tame your tongue? He says, it is an unruly evil full of deadly poisons. With it, we bless our God and Father, and with it, we curse men who have been made in the similitude of God or in the likeness of God. How many of you know that when you you are ridiculing or scoffing or scorning or speaking against, you are actually cursing God? Well, Jesus said to Paul when he got Paul's attention, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? He he said because, and Jesus said, when you've done it unto one of these, the least of these, you've done it unto me. So do you want to bless Jesus or do you want to curse Jesus? I'd say be on the blessing side. You'll you'll live longer. (laughs) You'll live a more blessed life. But he says, uh, because I want to open your eyes to, to, you know, maybe you don't understand. Well, this is the way I've always been. Well, you know what? I've realized you can change the way you've always been. That's the way my family was. Well, you're in a new family. Those who are born again are in a new family. Well, he says, uh, let's read verse 10 again. He says, out of the same mouth proceeds blessing and cursing, my brethren. These things ought not to be so. He says, does a spring send forth fresh water and bitter from the same opening? Can a fig tree, my brethren, bear olives or or a grapevine bear figs? Thus, no spring can yield both salt water and fresh. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in meekness of wisdom. But if you have bitter envying and self-seeking in your heart, you do boast and lie against the truth. He's not done. He says, this wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. Well, we remember earlier from the scripture, it says, give no place to the devil. How do we give place to the devil? By allowing cursing to come out of our mouths. Now, I want to just let you know there's a difference between cussing and cursing. There is a difference. You don't have to use profanity to curse. That person's an idiot. You know, that, you know, and I've had to repent. You know, driving is one of my best times to repent. (laughs) (laughs) 
because I got the Holy Spirit sitting right next to me in the, in the chair. Like somebody said, the Holy Spirit sounds a lot like your wife. I wonder what the wife thinks. Maybe it sounds a lot like your husband. I don't know. You know, uh, marriage is one of the greatest things to make you Christ-like. Either draw you to Christ or... But the, but the idea is to draw you to Christ. Hallelujah. So earthly, sensual, and demonic. What does sensual mean? It doesn't just necessarily mean uh, sex. It means that, you know, the things that, that fulfill the desire of the flesh. Whatever you put above, whatever fleshly you desire that you put above the Lord is a sensual desire. Do I usually preach like this? Or? Oh, yeah, that's right. You're not usually here. Okay. Well, let's keep going. No wonder. It says, uh, verse 13, Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good... All right, we read that. Uh, let's go down to verse 15. He says, This wisdom does not descend from above, but is earthly, sensual, and demonic. You know, some people, uh, you know, you might say, well, I don't believe a Christian, that a, demon, uh, that a demon can have a Christian, but a Christian can have a demon. A, a demon cannot possess you. Why? Because you belong to Christ. Now, if you don't belong to Christ, that's another story. But a demon, a demon can oppress and afflict. He can, he can torture you with thoughts that you think are your own. You think, you think those thoughts are yours when in reality they're not even yours. They're borrowed thoughts. By the way, the next men's, uh, men's uh, series we're going to have is dealing with uh, spirit wars. And how to overcome the thoughts that are trying to that are trying to bring you down. We're just finishing up. Uh, God is good. Is God good? Well, I I need to hear it again, over and over and over again. So he goes on to say. He says, if you, have bitter, if you have bitter envy and self-seeking in your heart, do not boast and lie against the truth. All right, we already did that. Let's go down to verse 17. He says, but the wisdom that is from above is first pure. Let me ask you a question. Are you pure? Are you striving to be pure? Sometimes, sometimes, to sometimes in your striving to be pure, you have to walk away. You have to just walk on by. Walk on by. Walk on by. You have to walk on by. You can't, you can't camp out. You can't camp out with impurity. Blessed is the man who walks not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor stands in the paths of sinners, nor sits in the seat of the scornful. If you are scornful, then you cannot receive the blessing of God to its fullest. God tries to bless you as much as he can. God hasn't cut you off. But you know, you can be a lot happier. How come we, do they ever amen you when you preach? Do you get amens? I don't get amens. I don't know what the deal is. All right. Yeah, there you go. That just makes me, mm, hallelujah. I know what it is. It's getting close to shutting down time. They don't want to get me riled up. It says, but the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, then gentle. Do you know that gentleness is actually a manly trait? Yes. 
That's why they call people gentlemen. Just a, thank you. I want to talk to you after the service because I want to hear what, what you went through this weekend. Hallelujah. Willing to yield. Oh, that's a tough one. Willing to yield. Full of mercy, good fruits, without partiality and without hypocrisy. Now the fruit of righteousness is sown in peace by those who make peace. Righteousness is more than right living. Righteousness is that place where I'm in, where I'm in the place where I can receive the abundance of God's grace and God's mercy and God's blessing. It's not just I'm being a good boy. No, it's, I'm, I'm in that position where I can receive the fullness of what God has for me. Thank you, Jesus. All right. God's desire is for you to be blessed as well as others. You are God's agent for change. You are God's agent for blessing. The scripture puts it this way. You are an ambassador for Christ. The scripture before that says God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not counting or imputing their trespasses against them. If you're one that likes to point out people's trespasses, you are not moving in the heart of God. Well, how will they know? You know, a lot of people know when they do bad. How, how many of you need to, when, you're, when your spouse tells you you're doing wrong, does that just make the love of God just flow out? <laughs> if, my, if my wife starts telling me what I'm doing wrong, it goes the opposite way. Hallelujah. That's just when you're driving. <laughs> yeah, because I'm perfect any other time. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus. Let me just give you, I want to give you this because this, this just goes so well. You know that there were prophets in the Bible that wanted to curse the people? Let's just look at Elijah. Elijah wanted to curse Israel. And by the way, I'm not one of those, uh, one of those people that believe that the church has taken the place of Israel. Okay? I forget even what they call that right now. What? Replacement theology. I am not into replacement theology. Hallelujah. I'm into addition. Hallelujah. Exactly. Romans chapter 11, verse 2. Has God cast away his people whom he foreknew? Or do you not know that the scripture says, Elijah, how he pleads with God against Israel? saying, Lord, they have killed your prophets. They have torn down your altars, and I alone am left, and they seek my life. Do you know what? When we, get, when we isolate ourselves, and you know he was isolated. When we isolate ourselves, we cannot get a full picture of, God's, of, of what God sees. Let me just tell you this. Isolation is one of the signs of demonic oppression. So he says, they've killed your prophets, torn down your altars. I alone am left. (laughs) I'm the only one, Lord. He says, God says, But what does the divine response say? I have reserved for myself 7,000 men who have not bowed their knee to Baal. How many of you know? Elijah thought he was the only one. And God says, hey, dude, I got seven others. And they're not complaining. I just threw that in. (laughs) Well, you're all familiar with Jonah, right? Jonah didn't even want to go on the mission field. He wanted God to bring curse, and he wanted God to judge Nineveh. And so God, at the very end of the story, he doesn't doesn't judge Nineveh. Actually, they were judged like 140-some years or 150-some years later. 
But God grows a vine and it covers uh, Jonah in the heat. And then God creates a worm and the worm ate the vine. The vine died and Elijah was so mad. Jonah. Jonah was so mad that he says, Lord, just kill me. Just kill me, Lord. This was God's response. He said, should I not have pity on Nineveh, the great city, in which are more than 120,000 persons who cannot discern their right hand between their left hand? Some people, some of you think that's children. You know, I've seen some adult, they can't even discern their right hand between their left hand. I always say, your other left hand. Just a thought. Let's get into the New Testament. Because some of you have rejected the Old Testament. But in the New Testament, it says in, in uh, Luke chapter 9, verse 54, he says, when the disciples, James and John, saw this, what they saw was that the Samaritans didn't receive Jesus because he was going to Jerusalem. When they saw this, they said, Lord, Lord, do you want us to command fire to come down from heaven on them just as Elijah did? It's always good to have a scripture to back you up. <laughs> but he turned and rebuked them and said, do you not know that what manner of spirit you are of? For the Son of Man did not come to destroy men's lives, but he came to save them. Now, if, you, if they don't receive you, just do what Jesus did. They, he went to another village. Yeah. Don't, you know, you don't have to curse people if they don't receive you. Just go somewhere else. There's a friend of mine, one of our first uh, ministers that we had is an African-American. Some of you might remember Anthony Wade. And he said something that I've never forgotten. He said, I only go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. That's good. I go where I'm celebrated. I wonder if the Holy Spirit thinks that same thing. I only go where I'm celebrated, not tolerated. You know, we don't always value the things that God values. You know, we, we value the things that bless us and, that are, and things that are favorable to us. Am I right? The Lord saw the woman caught in adultery. He saw the value in her. Yes. The Pharisees wanted to kill her. The Lord saw the value in a leper that everybody else was, was saying, get out of here, they're throwing stones. And they, you know, leper, anybody that had leprosy had to stay away. You never want to touch them. But Jesus reached out his hand and touched him and said, I am willing be cleansed. That touch just, just didn't heal his leprosy. It healed his emotion. Yeah. That somebody loves me. Somebody loves me. The Lord saw the value in little children. The disciples, the disciples were rebuking the mothers for bringing their children to touch Jesus. And Jesus didn't rebuke the children or the mothers. He rebuked the disciples. And then he laid hands on the children and blessed them. Come on now. Are you a blesser or are you a curser? Jesus sees the value in you. Jesus sees the value in you no matter what you think about yourself. I don't care what you've been through. I don't care how you've been stepped on, ripped off, how you've been ridiculed and abused. You have value in the eyes of God. If I had $100 in my wallet, which I don't, <laughs> I, would, I would say, who wants this $100? Yeah, me too. You'd come up and I'd wad it up and 
throw it down and stomp on it and say, you dirty, you're worth nothing. You're not worth the paper you're printed on. And, you know, it's kind of a truth to that, but, (laughs) you know, you're not worth it. Pick it up. Do you still want it? Yes. Why? Because it still carries value. I don't care what you, how you've been stepped on, how you've been abused, what you've been called. You are still valuable. And you have got to see that value. Jesus came to seek and to save. What Jesus' last words from the cross, he blessed people by saying, Father, forgive them. But his last words on earth before he ascended, if you look in Luke 24, 50 through 51, the Bible says that Jesus blessed them before he ascended. In the beginning, Genesis chapter 1, he blessed them. In the end, in his earthly ministry, he blessed them. My question is, are we in the ministry of Jesus Christ? Hallelujah. You know, the first place you have to seed sometimes is yourself. You've got to seed. You've got to seed yourself that you have value, that you're worth it. You know, the biggest, the two biggest enemies, and I'm done. The two biggest enemies is one, yourself, and the other one is the enemy. But once you know who you are, the enemy's no problem. The enemy's no problem. Hallelujah. Glory to God. Thank you, Jesus. Father, in the name of Jesus, I just thank you, Lord God, for the blessing of the Lord that makes rich and you add no sorrow with it. I thank you, Father God, that you are here to bless your people. You're here to cause them to be healed, to be whole, to be set free. To, to have every bondage broken. In the name of Jesus, right now, I break off criticism. Whether it's from outside or whether it's inside of you, I break it off in the name of Jesus. Criticism, I command you to go in the name of Jesus. Belittling, I command you to go now in the name of Jesus. Fear and intimidation, I command you to go now In the name of Jesus. In the name of Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Now, we have people here today that that have been trained to pray for you. If you have sickness or if you have disease or if you just need a touch from the Lord, I'm going to ask our healing team to come up at this time.